0: Good morning, everybody. Great to be with you. Man, what an awesome privilege it's been for my family and I. My wife's Bridget and our kids, Kate and Mia, just to be back with you for an incredible weekend. We, we've done it up this weekend, man. We got some apple donuts at the Apple Festival. Like It's been a good weekend to be in Western North Carolina. But man, before we get in God's word this morning, can we just praise the Lord for our time of worship one more time? Man, what an incredible privilege it is to be in the house of God and be Man, celebrating the the risen Savior. And boys, I'm looking over here at our middle school guys. Man, great to see you boys up front. Awesome. Glad you're here today. I was student pastor, and so when I see students sitting up close, I'm like, come on, that's awesome. And just to be clear, guys, uh, Jordan is way better than LeBron, all right? So just I know that generation is in that complex, and so I just want to set them straight. All right? So uh, anyway, but man, it is a privilege to be with you opening God's words. If you brought your Bible, let's go to Psalm 25. Um, I I want you to know that Pastor Bruce is really like a big brother to me. I I I left Biltmore uh, and went to pastor my first church in Apex, North Carolina. Which is right outside Raleigh. And every question I had, I just called Pastor Bruce. All right. So I just time and time again, hey, Pastor Bruce, how do you handle this? Pastor Bruce, what do you do about this? Pastor Bruce, uh, this is not going well. He'd be yes, it's not going well, or hey, that's actually going good, or, you know, he's just so much of a coach in my life and, and just a mentor to me in many ways, and things haven't changed. We've recently moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, and, and same thing here, like, hey, Pastor, what do you think about this, or what do you think about that, or, or how, how does that work? And, uh, and so it is just an honor to uh, be here with you today and just know that I'm so thankful for your pastor, how he leads the way in so many ways and, and all across, not just your church, but, but really all across our nation. Hey, Psalm 25 is a, is a very, very interesting passage of scripture, particularly as we begin to think about concluding this 21 days of prayer. You know, 21 days of prayer is a set-aside time that you've been going through trying to hear from God. It's, it's really an exercise of kind of tuning your heart and tuning your ears to the voice of God, which, which leads us to the question that Psalm 25 is trying to answer of, of how can I hear from God? Like, how, how can I really be someone who is in tune with the voice of God and, and, and lean into God for guidance? When we, when we study Psalm 25, it's, the first three or four verses, it's really about kind of David's praying for God to deliver him. And, and then the, the main section is like, God, give me guidance. And, and at the very end, David's praying, God, forgive me, forgive me for things that I've done. And, and so it's a, it's a passage of scripture that we can learn a lot from, particularly as we're going, God, what should I do with my life? Or, or God, lead me and guide me. I can remember just a few months ago as we were praying, leaving Raleigh, North Carolina to, to move to Knoxville, we were kind of uncertain of the decision. We, we were in a great church and in a great place and, and God was calling us to become pastor at First Baptist Concord, which is on the west side of Knoxville. And, and let me just tell you, I grew up in Alabama and there's one place that an Alabama boy never thought he would live and that's Knoxville, Tennessee. All right, so in case you've never been to Knoxville, just think Orange. Everything is orange. And as I even think about it today, pray for Knoxville, yesterday was a rough day. All right, so uh, you know it's like that, that thing of like, man, I never thought I'd live here. Like I'd never thought like this would be something. God, are you really in this? I called my brother, who's an attorney in Birmingham, and I said, Josh, I need you to pray for us. We're we're, we're considering moving to Knoxville to become pastor at First Baptist Concord. He goes, why would you even pray about that? You know, it was like this, like, (laughs) why would you even consider, like, such a thing? And, and, And so it was so far into where we thought we'd be, but yet God was calling us there all along. And he was guiding our steps, and he was showing us the way, and that's what I hope we can see together. in, in, in Psalm twenty-five, of, of learning how to to truly hear from God in in prayer. You see, when you are when we face a decision that there's no biblical command about, many times we think, "All right, well, how am I going to make this decision? Is this just up to me and up for myself? Can I can I decide whatever I want to do?" We do we think maybe maybe we should wait on a dream or, or a vision or, or a voice in our head, or, or we're looking for some miracle of a circumstance to kind of lead us along the way? But the truth of the matter is, most times I don't want to say any time, but most times God does not lead us through a, a sign in the sky or, or a miracle experience or some circumstance that only He orchestrated. Most times we learn to listen to God as we increase our spiritual sensitivity. And that's what these 21 days of prayer have been about. Like, like, how can I begin to hear God in a better way? How can I increase that, that aptitude from hearing God? How can I be a person that, that is so certain of the voice of God that I know it when he speaks and I follow him with great confidence? You know, I love being a dad. And being a dad is really a miracle in our life and how God allowed us. And we've got, a, we've got a 10-year-old named Kate and a three-year-old named Mia. The 10-year-old's going through all the stuff of preteen and, and, and starting to smell like a middle schooler and, and act like a middle schooler too. And, and the three-year-old, she just thinks she's the boss of the world, all right? That's really kind of what's happening in our home. And, and, and we can be in a massive crowd, but isn't it amazing dads and moms, when those kids speak, you hear them. I mean, it's unbelievable. How you, you hear their voice above every other voice. And it's like, hey, hey, I, that's my child. He needs something. I'm paying attention. Please don't put me in jail for whatever's happening. You know that feeling? Like it's that like, does he need me or is he about to get put in jail? And so it's that, that that tension that we all live in of like hearing that voice. What is that? That's that sensitivity to the voice of your children. As a high school football player, my dad was the PA announcer, right? So, you know, he'd be like, you know, Harrison missed another tackle, or, or whatever it would be. He, he would kind of be the, the one speaking over the loudspeaker that everyone could hear, and it was amazing how even in playing the game, I could hear his voice. But, but one night, man, I remember, I'll never forget, it. it was pouring rain, we were getting our brains beat in, like it was just an awful night of football, and all of a sudden, from the heavens, all right, there's this, the snap, the play is running, I'm playing defense, and... And from the heavens, I hear this voice, reverse, John Mark, reverse. Well, he'd forgotten to turn off the mic in the PA system. And so broadcast throughout the entire stadium was reverse, reverse. Well, I made the tackle, right? Because my sensitivity was up to Pop saying, tackle the boy, right? So we we know those examples with our kids, and we can remember those examples from experiences of our life. But how are we ever going to be able to hear the voice of God? Like, what does it really look like to hear from God and and walk in his way? Grab your Bible and let's study it together. Psalm 25, verse 4. The scripture says, make me to know your, your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation, and for you I wait all the day long. Remember mercy, O Lord, and and your steadfast love. For they have been from old. Remember not the sins of my youth, amen, or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way and he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. This scripture really helps us understand how how David is hearing from God and acting upon it. It's helping us see exactly what it means to kind of have that discerning spirit to to be able to to seek the Lord and, and hear from him and follow his guidance. So hear me this morning, guidance is the product not of supernatural encounters, but of spiritual depth in our lives. That's what David's showing us here. In in verses four and five, we get to see that if we really want to experience God, we must learn to yield to the path of God. We've got to yield to the path of God, so we're going to receive this guidance, and our spiritual depth is going to allow us to allow him to take control, or for him to take the first move, or for him to show us how to live and act. You see, David's dealing with a lot of things in this passage. He's got all kinds of emotions that he's wrestling through as he's trying to hear the voice of God. In in verses 2 and 19, we see that he's dealing with fear. In verse 16, he's dealing with loneliness. In verses 7 and 8, again in 11, in verse 18, he's got some guilt going on that he's trying to wrestle with. In verses 4 and 5, he's confused. And I argue that most of us, we, we feel these same ways. We struggle with fear and we want to hear from God. We, we feel alone and we're like, God, where are you? We, we have guilt over the past or we're confused about what's happening. And many times we're looking for something to happen when we really need to be increasing our spiritual sensitivity or working on our spiritual depth so that we can hear from God and he can direct our lives. See, it's this yielding. Now I've been back in the state of North Carolina just for a couple days and let me just tell you something. North Carolina drivers don't understand a yield sign. I was down there in Hendersonville, you know what I'm saying, at that Apple Festival trying to get out of all that traffic, and boy, Lord bless you guys, you know what I mean? Like, like it wasn't like, like I'm even thinking about yielding. It was like, you should yield because I'm going. Like, that's kind of how I felt. Like, like, time and time again, I was like, whoa, 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 right? Like, my kids are like, what's wrong with your driving, Dad? You know, it's like, it's not me, I don't think. Like, what is it? But none of us like to yield, and quite frankly, spiritually speaking, most of us don't even know how to yield. See, to truly yield to God so that you can see his path means that you've got to take yourself off the control handle, that you've got to take yourself out of the center, that you've got to remove yourself in such a way that you're like, God, like, I really want to know you so that I can experience you. Look at what he's saying in verses four and five. Like, make me to know, show me, help me understand your path. Lead me in your truth. And for David here, this this truth that he's speaking of and asking him to lead, it's like, like, this is exactly the way that I need. Like, show me what I need. I don't know what I need, but you know what I need, so show me that way. A couple days ago at the office, we took our staff to build a wheelchair ramp for a a, a lady in her church who's struggling with some cancer. I'm like, you know what? Our pastor team, we don't ever get to do this. We're gonna go over and build a wheelchair ramp. And so we go to build the wheelchair ramp and my three-year-old comes in the office and says, where's dad? And, and my assistant says, uh, well, your dad's out with some friends and he's building a ramp. And my three-year-old looks at her and goes, my dad doesn't even own a hammer. I'm like, thank you, sis. You know what I'm saying? Like, love you. Right? But what she knows is like, I don't know how to build anything. And so what we did that day was we got people who knew how to build to come teach people who did not know how to build how to build so they could experience building something they've never built before. You see, so many times what we try to do spiritually speaking is we're like, man, I've got this. I know what's going on. It's all going to be okay. Like I can just pull myself up my my bootstraps and it's going to be fine. But friends, that is not how you hear from God. What the Lord desires of you is that you surrender to him. That you say, God, you know better God, you see more. God, God I, I'm coming to you on the basis of faith because you have done all these things and I yield to your plan for my life. Oh, friend, if you ever wanna hear the voice of God, it starts with, with yielding. You see, spiritual guidance is related to spiritual depth and since it's related to spiritual depth, it's got to be completely dependent upon the will and the way of the Father. So I must hear from God to walk in his path. And the truth of the matter is, the thing that keeps us from walking in the path and hearing from God is the sin that's in our life. See, yielding to God means that I keep short accounts of my sin. Like we, di- we didn't commit sin wholesale and we can't confess our sin wholesale. Like, you know, confession and repentance isn't sold at Costco. You just get once a year, go in and get a big bulk of it and then go along the way. No, no, it's a, it's a daily routine and a daily rhythm of going, you know what, above everything else, I just want to walk close to you. Above everything else, God, I want you to lead my life. That's exactly what Jesus was trying to articulate in John 14, six. He was trying to reveal himself to people and help them understand who he is. And he said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life and no one comes to father except by me. It was an exclusive claim that he made, but he made this claim so that those that would hear would understand as they're searching for significance and as they're searching for meaning and as they're trying to figure out what God might have for their lives, it's only gonna be found in and through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And you need to understand today that God is not like a slot machine or a, a genie who just grants wishes whenever. God's not someone that we just run to when things are bad but God is one who wants to walk with us wherever we go. Some of us, we have some really jacked up views of God. We think God's like a police officer just waiting to zap us and throw us in handcuffs and slam us up against the car. Others of us, we look at God and we think, man, God's just that distant deity who's out there and doesn't really partake in things that happen in my life and doesn't really care. He's not all that interested in me. Oh, friends, that is so far from the truth of scripture about who God is. God is very personal. He's so personal that he made himself knowable to every single one of us through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And he didn't wait till we got our mess cleaned up to come. Romans 5 tells us that while we were still sinners, he sent Jesus to die for us. And so the God that I'm begging you today to yield to is one that is so interested in your life that he sent his son to die in your place. See, sin required a sacrifice, and Jesus was the substitute for what you deserved and what I deserve. And so when we think about yielding to God today, what we're saying is, God, your sacrifice on the cross, Jesus' death was sufficient for me to give you my life. And when we do that, all of a sudden our spiritual sensitivities rise and we're able to hear the voice of God. You know, sometimes we can't hear the voice of God because we just have gone astray, and Isaiah warned us about that. He, he warned us about that. That he, he said, Isaiah 53, verse six, like, hey, hey, all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us, we've, we've turned to our own way. But like that's common for every single one of us to go this way and, and live this path. But what we see in scriptures is this, not just a thing of, well, okay, I messed up, and so I can't really yield to God. But, I mean, there are other times that God just allows suffering and difficulty in our life. And when he allows suffering and difficulty in our life, he's allowing these things to grow us so that we can see that we don't have to have it all figured out and he is with us even in the storm. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter one. The scripture says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction. Listen to this. So we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort which we've received and been comforted by God. The truth of the matter is today, there are some of us who we think, man, I've blown it, and there's no way that God will ever lead me in this life, and oh, friend, he will. There's others of us today that we think, man, all these bad things are happening to me. God must not love me, and oh, my friend, he does. He does. He is the only one that is trustworthy enough that you can give him your life. And yield to him. Listen to Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Man, that's the hardest part. That's the most difficult moment because he says, don't lean on your own understanding. Stop trying to figure it all out. Yield to my way so that you can experience my path. Trust in me. Then he finishes and says, in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Like, this is what God desires for every one of us, that we would trust in him, yield our lives to him, allow him to show us the path. I can tell you, friends, it'll take you places that you never thought you'd go. You'll experience things from God that you never thought you would ever get to experience. Things that you thought were reserved for like professional Christians, he'll give to you because that's who he is. Things that you thought were for other people that you've disqualified yourself from. Oh, friend, hear me today. All of God is possible. All of God has been given to you in and through Jesus Christ. And all of God's paths are available in your life. So yield to him. Yield to him. So you got to take control. And second, notice in the passage of scripture, David just wasn't saying, hey, yield, you got to yield if you want to hear. But he but was also telling us to celebrate the faithfulness of God. To celebrate the faithfulness of God. Look in verses 6 and 7. He says, Remember mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Like what what David was saying here is, is God, do what you've always done and remember mercy. And remember your steadfast love. Like what I deserve, the sins of my youth should disqualify me. The transgressions of my life should mean that I go away and put to death. But God, for the sake of your goodness, remember what you have said. And deal with me according to your abundant mercy and your steadfast love. This should excite every one of us. Because what we're seeing here is God is not paying us back of what we deserve. Because of Jesus, God is dealing with us according to his love. Friends, there are many of us today that feel buried in guilt and shame. And I'm here to tell you today, that's not the gospel. Jesus Christ takes away every bit of guilt. Jesus Christ takes away all of your shame. And Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, presents you as a new creation in Christ. So you're not recovering anything in him, but you are brand new. And to hear his voice today, you should celebrate his faithfulness of making you new. Listen, I'm overwhelmed this morning in thinking about the faithfulness of God in my life. You, we we moved here when I was 26 years old to be the student pastor. I've got to see some former students and friends and others all day today. Uh, before the first service, a, a lady came over and it's like, "Hey, pastor, don't you to know that my student he fell in love with Jesus when you were a student pastor, and now he's going to the Middle East to serve you?" She goes, "Thanks a lot." I was like, "Sorry, Jesus got a hold of his heart, right?" Like 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 faithfulness that God has just over and over. Today has been a wonderful day. I can just tell you, I'm one here today celebrating the faithfulness of God. I remember I got to preach my first sermon in big church in this room, right? It it was, there were green carpet and it was looked a lot different and uh, I had to go buy a suit and I choked myself with a tie and I came up here and I was preaching, hey, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I got so excited, I just yelled at everybody for 45 minutes. It was pretty embarrassing. All right, so you know, it was just like, man, like this place has such special memories in my heart and life. And like, even today is like a journey of, of, of just celebrating just the faithfulness of God in my life. So let me tell you today, as you celebrate the faithfulness of God in your life, you need to remember, hear me clearly, that past mercies are the foundation for future blessings. Past mercies from God are the foundations for future blessings from God. And so when you look at God's faithfulness in your past is the best way to predict how God's going to act in the future. So when you're trying to hear from God, look at what he's done in the past and how he's preserved your life and been merciful to you and allow that to give you great confidence to how he's gonna act in the future because our God is a God who never changes. He's not gonna change his mind about you. He's not gonna change his mind about your circumstance. He's not gonna change his mind about anything because he has provided all that is needed through Jesus Christ. And so what he does for us is he shows us Jesus and he rallies us to the cause of Christ and he reminds us time and again that he will come through each and every time. Oh, my friend, God will come through in your life. So celebrate his faithfulness. So many of us, we feel like we're, we're trying to figure God out when we need to hear his voice. You don't need to figure God out to hear his voice. What you must do, what you must do is celebrate his victory so many of us we all of our lives well i can just kind of learn more theology than i'll ever be able to figure god out no it's not in the learning of theology and all that's a good thing that you're going to be able to hear the voice of god better and oh if i just i just attend church more then it's got to kind of rub off on me somehow no it's not it's not in your moralistic tendencies that it's going to allow you to hear god better what's going to allow you to hear god better as you tune your life to his path and as you walk in the light that he's given and the best way to walk in the light that he's given you is to look at how he's been faithful in your life and walk in those ways. For some of us, we're like, man, I hadn't heard from God in a long time. So it's been a long time stuff, really heard from the Lord. Maybe today you need to evaluate what's happening in your life now and what was happening in your life at a time that, that you did hear from God and go back and do those things again. Maybe for others of you, I mean, I don't feel like I've ever heard from God in my life. Maybe that God has brought you to this place, hearing this message, so that you'll understand that that he wants to speak to you and that things must change. That little three-letter word that we call sin, that's keeping you from hearing God. And things must change so that you can then hear from God. And friend, what must change in your life is the condition of your soul. And when you turn your back on your sin, it's like, God, I'm done with that. Like, I don't wanna live that way anymore. The, The big Bible word is called repentance. When you repent of your sin and begin to walk with the Lord, you hear his voice because you've tuned your life to his path. So might I beg you today as you yield to the path of God to not stop there, but celebrate the victory of God and the faithfulness of God in your life. See, what what David is beginning to understand is that achieving a standard of personal holiness is important, but God acts not because of our holiness, but God acts because of his steadfast love for you. This is why we can't blow it, and all of a sudden we don't hear from God anymore. This is why our sins, although they they are difficult to overcome, are not unovercomable. This is why we can have new life because look at what he says. It's his steadfast love, verse six, that have been from old. It's not the sins of your youth and it's not your transgressions today, but God is going to deal with you because of his love for you. And so walk in his victory and live according to his love. Friends, don't let the enemy beat you down with guilt. David was dealing with guilt in this passage. Don't let the enemy beat you up because of guilt. You you know the difference between guilt and godly conviction, right? Godly conviction is is God says, hey, look, like he begins to speak in your heart and he's like, hey, this didn't honor me and you need to repent of that. But when you experience conviction and you confess your sin, as 1 John 1, 9 tells us to confess, when you confess your sin, all of a sudden you experience his victory. That's godly conviction, like, hey, you didn't say this right, or hey, this didn't honor me, or hey, that action is out of bounds according to scripture. And so when he convicts you of that, and you confess that sin, then you find victory. But guilt is that weight that you just can't seem to escape. Guilt is that time and time again, no matter how much you ask God to forgive you, you feel like you can never come outside that cloud. Hear me today. Guilt is from the enemy. It is spiritual warfare. Jesus told us, or or 1 John 1, 9 rather tells us, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So God wants to set you free from your sin. God doesn't want you to live according to this guilty conscience. He wants you to live in his abundant, steadfast love and celebrate the victory that's his in Christ. So how do I hear from God? I yield to his path. I celebrate his victory. And finally this morning, notice with me in verses eight through 10 that I experience fellowship with God. Fellowship, we maybe don't use that term as much as we used to, but, but fellowship speaks to this relationship with God that is not based on our abilities, but based on who he is and all that he's done. Look at how the passage changes in verse eight. See, in, in verses four through seven, we see, we see David begging God for things, but, but in verse eight, the temperature changes some, and he says, good and upright is the Lord. He, he makes a statement, a declarative statement. He says, therefore, he instructs the sinners in his ways. This isn't a petition, verse eight, but this statement of like, this is who he is. Then he says in verse nine, he he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. In verse 10, the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and testimonies. Something changes in verse eight through 10 that speaks to the fellowship now that David is experiencing with God. He shows us the rhythm of true fellowship. The rhythm of true fellowship with God is asking God for things and celebrating God for who he is. It's the petition and the celebration. It's the, the, God, I need these things for you, but God, I praise you and worship you because of who you are. And it's in this rhythm that I find fellowship. Parents, you'll understand this. You love your kids, but boy, they wear you out when they ask for things all the time. Both my kids were born in September Yep, that means they're asking for things with every breath right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they've both got their list. They both know what they want. Dad, can we, can we, can we, can we, can we? I'm like, man, I'm going to slap can we until next week in Jesus' name. Not really. You know what I'm saying? But like, like that, that feeling of like I'm about to go nuts because of the request, the request, the request, the request. Now we know that's immaturity on their part and they'll grow to appreciate all that we've done. Like last night we were sitting at dinner and, and all they could ask was what they wanted. I'm like, hey guys, like how about like thanks dad for dinner? Because you didn't pay anything for this. Like like how about a little bit of gratitude for the fact that like you're not out there just trying to scrape it together. And they don't even have a framework for that thought, right? Because they're ten and three. My three year old looked at me like I was like, Okay, Dad. <laughs> but fellowship is not a constant assault of petitions, of requests. Fellowship is that, hey, this Father is what I'm dealing with, but God, you have been so good to me here. It's the rhythm of spiritual intimacy. The rhythm of life, of walking with the Father is a rhythm of, yes, making requests, but also living a life of adoration and praise it's living a life that says, God, like you have done so much. Now, Father, I'm in this area right here and I need your guidance or I need you to speak, but God, you have done so much and God, I praise you in this. And friends, that's not determined by whether it's a good time or a bad time. That's any time, any time. If we're walking in fellowship, we hear the voice of God because of the intimacy we're experiencing with him. I've told you about our kids and what you, many of you may remember is that both of our kids are adopted and and, and we are, that was kind of the way the Lord led us to grow our family. And, and we had an experience when we were a newly married couple. Got married in 2003. We were on the five year plan for kids. And 2000, later in 2003, my wife comes up and says, like, Hey, uh, we're pregnant. I was like, huh? That wasn't on the plan. And so January 21st, 2004, we had a little boy. And he was born and he lived for one day. And he passed away and went to be with the father. And I tell you that story because. I'm not preaching something to you today that I've read in a book, but I'm telling you, I'm preaching something today that I've lived. And I didn't understand. I thought, God, I'm trying to serve you in ministry. God, why? And he said, yield to my plan to hear my voice. God, this this means we we might not be able to have children. As We kind of did some research and understanding, and it was like, but celebrate my faithfulness of all that I've given. And as we lived that way for many years, six years later, when we were able to adopt our son, Cade, can I tell you the celebration of God's faithfulness in our life that day as what we thought was impossible, God had made possible. It wasn't our plan, but it was his path. And while I would never go back and live those years because they were tough, I can tell you today that the fellowship with God that I experienced then has sustained me for every challenge I've faced since then. And the fellowship that you can experience with God in your most difficult day, my friends, is what will sustain you to enable you to celebrate his faithfulness and will give you the confidence to yield to his plan. It's because you're walking in intimacy with him. Hearing from God is a matter of spiritual depth. Hearing from God is a matter of spiritual sensitivity. It's spiritual health when we find this rhythm of asking and worshiping, of believing and praising, of requesting and resting. That we say, God, you must move. God, you must do. It's only possible if you. And then look at the promise of God or listen to the promise of God in 1 John chapter one. 1 John chapter one, verses three and four. Listen to what the scripture says. He says, that what you've seen and, and heard, we proclaim to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. You say, Pastor, why is it so important that I'm a person that focuses on fellowship with God? Because it's the only way to find your joy. It's the real way that you are able to experience the joy that Jesus wants to give you. You look at people and you're like, man, how do they have so much joy? Like, like how do they have happiness that circumstances can't change? Like, like how are they able to go through those things and it all works out okay? It's because of their fellowship with God. Because when you're walking in fellowship with God and celebrating his faithfulness and you've yielded your life to his path, that's when you experience his joy. So, brothers and sisters, can I beg you today, walk in the joy of Jesus through fellowship, celebrating his faithfulness and yielding to his path that you might hear his voice and walk in it. Father, I pray today that you would teach us from your word, that, God, you would teach us in a way that Shapes us for tomorrow. Forgive us, oh God, that we come into places like this and we think, all right, I'm gonna do these things and, and God, it's just gonna work out. But show us today the need to tune our sensitivity to your path. Forgive us, God, for trying to do it our own way. Forgive us, God, for going through the motions but, but still trying to be in charge and teach us to yield today. God, show us that you are better than anything we can build for ourselves. God, show us that we need you more than we need our very next breath. God, teach us that your faithfulness in the past is the foundation for the blessings that you intend to give us. So God, might we celebrate your faithfulness today. And God, help us when we've made fellowship not a big deal. Help us, God, that we've said, I will just do these things and it'll be okay. And, And God, we only touch base with you like once a week. But God, would you ground us in truth today that we might understand that it's through fellowship that we experience joy. And God, your joy is what our soul is longing for. So help us, Lord. To experience fellowship with you each and every day. God, give us a hunger for your word. May we thirst for righteousness. Teach us to walk according to your principles. God, there are many of us today who are so desperate to hear from you. God, we have a big decision or we've got a diagnosis. God, we have wayward children. Or we don't know how to make ends meet. God, today might we evaluate our heart and see if we've truly yielded to you. God, today might we celebrate all the things you've done in the past and might that push us to true fellowship, walking with you. You just say today with their heads bowed and their eyes closed you just say hey pastor I need to hear from God on something and I really want to yield to his path and I want to celebrate faithfulness I want to lean into fellowship pastor pray for me today that I could hear from God on this matter in my life just lift up your hand and say that's me today just lift up your hand all over this room that's me and I really got to hear from God on this yeah, yeah. There are a lot of us. You put your hands down. I'm gonna pray for you. After a prayer, worship leader's are gonna be singing. Won't you just take a few minutes with the Lord? We don't gotta hurry. The Bible says a thousand days in His courts is better than any elsewhere, or a day in His courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. So God's here. His presence is here. Let's do business with the Lord, church. God, I pray for these hands that were raised and many of us who are still in that war are willing to yield. God, I pray that we investigate our heart. Lord, if we need to repent and believe that today would be the day of salvation, that we would begin a relationship with you, that we could be testimonies of your faithfulness. of us have walked with you for many, many years, but it's been difficult to hear from you of late. And I pray that we'd go back and do the things that we were doing when we heard from you. God, teach us your paths. God, teach us your ways. God, allow us to walk in truth. God, might we celebrate your faithfulness and enjoy your fellowship and might you strengthen us and give us courageous faith that we could hear from you and walk in it. Speak, Lord. Shape our lives. Your children are listening.